Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you that you love us so much. We thank you for what you are doing in our lives individually and collectively. Jesus, we can never say thank you enough for all that you have done for us. You heal our diseases. You save our soul. Oh, you, you just bless us and we thank you. Holy Spirit, what can we do without you? You are our teacher, our helper, our friend, our guide. So come and teach us. Come and minister to us. I hide myself behind the cross. May no one see me or hear me this afternoon, but may they hear you. Say to us, do with us. Thank you. You are releasing grace upon us this morning through your word. We give you praise. Abba, Father, and it's in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, um, for the few minutes I have, I want to minister to you from the team, a dean to bear fruit. Amen. And our team will be taken from John 15. And so if we can have one to eight on the screen and we will read together. John 15, one to eight. Jesus is speaking here. He said, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, Jesus, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples in Jesus' name. Amen. If you read um, in verse 16, can you just go to verse 16? Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you, harvest, and I appointed you, why? That you will go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you, go to the next First, hallelujah. Go to 17 and then we'll end there. These things I command you that you love one another, okay? So Jesus says that he, Jesus, he has chosen us and he ordained. That word ordained means to set us apart. It means to establish us. That we will go and bear much fruit. In Ephesians 2.10, he says, We have been chosen in Christ to be God's workmanship. That word workmanship means his masterpiece. For what? 
for good works. That's just another way of saying that God created us in Jesus that we will do what? Bear fruit. Jesus says that the Father is a vine dresser who is pruning us that we will bear more fruit. Now, for those who are gardeners, you know that if you have a rose bush, there's certain times they want they take the dead leaves, they prune it so that it can want bear much fruit. So that's the imagery Jesus is using here. He says, that which does not bear fruit, it withers, it dries up, it's taken away. And he says, you are clean or pruned through the word that he is speaking. So, the way that God prunes us is by giving us his word. And the word of God believed, the word of God acted upon will cause you to bear much fruit. So, what is the fruit that we are to bear? You see, I don't know how Bishop does it to preach two services. I use all my energy in first service. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so we are entering a season where the owner of the vineyard, who is God, he's coming to inspect and he's requiring that we bear fruit. But not just fruit, but much fruit. So the question we want to ask ourselves this morning is, what is the fruit that God wants us to bear? The first fruit is word of God fruit. We are expected to produce the fruit of the word in our lives. God's word is a seed that when it is planted in the soil of your heart, it is supposed to what? Germinate, grow, and eventually it is supposed to do what? Bear fruit. Every time you and I hear the word, we are supposed to act upon it and see it producing fruit in our lives. Religion and religiosity is hearing the word Rejoicing in the word and going away and doing nothing with the word that you have heard. So we can come to church for 20 years, say Bishop is a powerful teacher, hear the word, listen to it, go home, come back next Sunday. But if you do not do something with the word, you will not bear fruit and that is what is called religion. Better not to hear the word than to hear it and it goes through one ear, it goes through the other and do nothing with it. And you can become a religious Christian. But in the mighty name of Jesus, say to yourself, not my portion. All right, so we have to bear the fruit of the word. The second thing is the fruit of the divine nature. In, in the same John 15, Jesus says what? 
continue in his love. And then in verse 12, he said, love one another. The last time we have heard our last year and the last time I minister from this pulpit, we talk about what? The divine nature. That we are not just to bear ministry fruit, and I will talk about it, but the fruit of the divine nature is love. God's love. God in you is love. And so as you develop, you must be developing in love. Which rather the Bible says love encompasses everything else. So we must be developing in the fruit of love. Yes, yes, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So the fruit of the word, which rather encompasses everything, the fruit of the divine nature, which is love. And I love this one, the third one. The fruit of prayer. Last week, Bishop spoke from this and he says, Abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you will, the Father will do it. So we are to bear the fruit of prayer. There is nothing as a Christian who does not pray. I will come back to it. Hold, hold that thought. And then lastly, now there may be other fruit, but these are the four I believe the Holy Spirit put in my heart to talk about. It is the fruit of ministry. You see, when the Bible was written, it wasn't divided into chapters and verses. So Jesus did not start talking in John 15. He started talking in John 14 and maybe even John 13. So in John 14, he says, from 12 and 13, he says, uh, uh, um, most, oh, I love, wow, they're in the spirit this morning. Before I can even get there, they are there, I love it. He says, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do, and greater works. Because I go to the Father, this world is supposed to be one. So the greater works are works of service, works of power. Preaching the gospel, healing the sick, delivering the captive. Those are the fruit of ministry that Jesus says we are to do. And he says the Father has chosen us, he has uh, ordained us, he has established us as members of Harvest Intercontinental Church in only Maryland that we will go and bear fruit, much fruit that will remain, the fruit of obedience to the word, the fruit of prayer, the fruit of the divine nature, and the fruit of ministry. Hallelujah. You see, it has not been, ha, and never will it ever be the desire of God that a believer does not bear fruit. The Bible tells us that there were some people who were contending against Moses and Aaron, <laughs> Because they said, you, uh, Aaron and Moses, you have exalted yourself against the country. We all are people of God. Now, we all are people of God, but God has given us different gifts and assignments, right? So God told them they should take the rod, ordinary rod, stick, and they should put it in the ark. And then God said, the rod that we bought that will bear, oh my God, Jesus. Somebody listen to me this morning. The rod that will bought and flower is a sign 
of the one he has chosen. You and I have been chosen in Jesus Christ. So we are supposed to be the road that is budding, that is flowering, and that is bearing fruit. Ooh. The Bible also tells us, now what am I doing? I'm giving you evidence to prove my point that God knows nothing of a Christian, of a child of God that does not bear fruit. God knows nothing of a people that God expects us that the work that he has done in us is that we should bear fruit. The Bible says the first man, Adam, was what? A living soul, I think. But the second man, Adam, a life-giving spirit. That which produces life is that which bears fruit. And the life-giving spirit, the second man, Adam, is inside of you and myself. So we are to bear fruit. But I continue to prove my point. The Bible says in Luke 13, 6 to 9, there is a parable there. Somebody please let me to wet my face. Thank you. Okay. I want to read this. Thank you. He spoke this parable. He said, a sighted man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. Thank you so much. And he came and sought fruit thereon. But what happened? He found none. Continue. Then he said to the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why compensate the ground? And he answered and said to him, Lord, oh, let it alone this year also. I will take around it and I will dunk it. And if it bear fruit, well, but if not, then after that, you will cut it down. In context, Jesus is giving this parable about the house of Israel. God expected them to be the light unto the nations. Through them, they will show forth the goodness of God. Through them, the Messiah will come. But Jesus is giving them a warning and they did not pay attention. Say every time God the Father came to Israel looking for fruit, he found no fruit. He came again, looked for fruit, he found no fruit. And Jesus is telling them that he, the Lord Jesus, is the one that the Father put in the vineyard. And Jesus just gave them one more year. Let me preach to them. Let me show them who you are. But they did not listen. And so we are standing here today and we are the heralds of the gospel because the Jews rejected Jesus and the Father cut it down. What am I saying to you? The Father is looking for his people to be fruit bearers. After I preached this message first service, somebody texted me and she said, do you know 2023 will be three years after, hey, 
2023 will be three years after the Father changed our name to harvest. And he said, harvest is time to bear fruit. I don't know about you, but I want that when he comes, inspect it to see if first year, second year, third year, harvest that you bear fruit, the fruit of the word, the fruit of prayer, the fruit of evangelism and ministry, the fruit of the divine nature. I don't know about you, but I want to say, my God, I was faithful. I will leave it there. Hmm. So, my point is, there was never a time that the landowner came, looked at that fig tree, saw no fruit, and said, it is well. No. He came the first year, no fruit. He said, I will give it one more year. He came the second year, he saw no fruit. He said, I will give it another year. He came the third year, he saw no fruit. He said, I'm going to cut this thing down. And we know what happened to Israel. There is something about Jesus and, fig, and unfruitful fig trees. I don't know what it is. But I think the fig tree represented Israel. So he's going, hungry, saw a fig tree. That was supposed to have fruit. It bore no fruit. He cursed the thing from the root. So what are you saying? I'm saying, I'm proving my point that God expects the church, all believers, to bear fruit. That's all I'm proving. So, somebody hear me this morning, Harvest? <laughs> the one who gave his life for us and planted his life in us requires that we should bring forth fruit. So I want to release certain things to you this morning. One, you see, God changed our name from Bethel, the house of God, to harvest. And somebody said, Bethel, we are enjoying his house. Harvest, we are going into the fields. And 2020, he changed our name to show to us that it is what? Harvest time. So I want to release to us today. Gone are the days where we can think that it's okay to just come to church, hear the word, rejoice in it, and go about our business. Those days are over. How do you know? I know because he has vested much in us by changing our names. So the days of coming to church saying, oh, bishop is a master teacher. He can carry it this way to grace. We can understand grace. We can divide grace. We can separate grace. We can dissect grace. And it's over. <laughs> Gone are the days where you can hold on to grudges, unforgiveness, and use offense as a weapon. 
I'm not coming to this church again. Really? If God brought you here, established you here, so you can grow and bear fruit, then you say you are offended and you're going. God is not cutting you off the vine. You have cut yourself off the vine. So those days are finished. You say, but what if the pastor, why if Pastor Maima preaching and they didn't listen? Say, God will deal with Pastor Maima. But you are responsible to bear fruit. So, so you cannot use the excuse that, well, I'm offended. So what? You think some of us have not been offended in the house of God before? You think people in this church have not done things to us? So gone are those days. Gone are the days where we can only serve God by convenience. We come to a church when it is convenient. We pray when it's convenient. Gone are the days that we can only depend upon the quote-unquote intercessors to pray for us. There is nowhere in the Bible, in the New Testament, that they have a ministry called intercessors. It's not there. I'm called to be an intercessor. It's not true. We are all called to be intercessors. We are all called to pray. Now, some people gave themselves more to it, and I understand that. Some people have a grace to kindle, others to pray. But every believer is called to pray. And if you have reached a level of spiritual maturity, you cannot depend upon me to pray for you all the time. The intercessors have their own problem. Come, let's join. Join with me. Let agree with me. But you, you outsource your prayer. Then you watch it TV and I don't want labor on it. I tell you those days are finished. There's death that Jesus died. There's way that he opened to the Father. For us who are here on Friday, Dr. Body broke it down so good. We have the ability to come intimately to the Father. We heard that no pastor is your mediator. No prophet is your mediator. You have access to God for yourself. Let's save the intercessor for the young believers, for the babies. Not for you who been here 20 years. Then we pray for you and you sleeping. Wake up. <laughs> That's it. Call are the days that we will think that it's okay to watch college football for six hours, but you can play because we spend 10 extra minutes in church. Call on those days. Call should be those days 
where only 10% of the people do 80% of the work. I don't care if they say that is the statistic of the church, but it is not normal. And I'm saying to you, don't hear me. I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. Those days are finished. They, the owner of the vine yard, vine dresser, he has come to inspect your fruit, my fruit. He has come to require of us that we bear fruit. You say, why? Why are you talking this way? Well, I'm talking this way because that's a message the Holy Ghost gave me. I pray in the Holy Ghost. And as I pray in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost started to detect. I didn't study for this message. I pray in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost started to detect. And even myself, I was like, my God, this message is hard. <laughs> now, why? Because in Luke 12, 48, Jesus says, To whom much is given, much is required. Harvest church in Audi, Maryland, much has been given to you. This is the headquarters of Harvest Intercontinental Ministry Unlimited. This is the seat of the apostolic leader. This is where the one who is the master teacher resides. What we receive here, people hunger for. Every Sunday, he's preaching us about grace. He's preaching us about love. He's preaching about the kingdom. And you think that God is satisfied for us to just come sit down, hallelujah, bitch, I can preach. God is a good businessman. No businessman goes into business to make a loss. He's looking for profit. To whom much is given, much has been given to this house. And I come to tell you, God is requiring I have one more story in the mouth of many witnesses. You know the story. I don't have to go there. Jesus talked about a man who went to a far country to, to receive a kingdom. Jesus is that man. And when he was going, he called three servants. The first, he gave him five talents. The second, he gave him two and a third, he gave him one. And then he told them, occupy. That word occupy, you know what I mean? Amen. Do business. Make profit. I'm looking at uh, uh, Mala Okoye there. Those are the people who know how to do business. Me, I don't even have interest in it. Physical business. But she understands the language. Jesus said, well, occupy till I come. When he came, he came now. To ask account of a servant. First man came, he said, Lord, you gave me five. I made ten. He said, well done, good and well, faithful. You were faithful, you were productive, you were fruitful. 
Second, I have two. I made four. Hallelujah, we praise God for you. You are faithful. Now listen. God doesn't expect you to have so many gifts. Some of us, we only have one. Me, my gift is teaching. You wake me up in the middle of the night, I can teach. I don't have a lot of gifts. Some people have a lot. But it doesn't matter how many you have. God expects you to use what you were given. Second man, two. Faithful. Last man. He said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man. You labor where you did not sow. Jesus said, you lazy and unprofitable and unfruitful servant. Listen. He said, take what he has and give it to the first man. Every time I read, I said, but it's all fair. The man had one. He didn't use it. Then you took it and gave it to the man who had five. That tells you that. Jesus is saying, if you don't use what he has given you, you will lose it. I will lose it. But then, he didn't only give those people more responsibility. He gave them more influence and he gave them more authority. Listen to me, somebody. In this season of the harvest, those who are faithful, those who are using what God has given them, they will receive more responsibilities and they will have more influence. Those who are just churchgoers, I said first service that if you are offended, go report me to a bishop. He's my father. He can tell me anything. But if it is the Holy Ghost speaking through me, he will say it was okay, Pastor Maima. Those who are only church goers and the length and breadth of the Christianity is to come to church on Sunday, go home and live like the world. I'm here to tell you, even the letter that you have, you will lose it. I'm not saying you will not be a Christian, you are a Christian, you will die and go to heaven. Now, somebody may be saying to me, But hey, you say if I'm a Christian. I had a cousin. He's dead now. I hope. He used to say, well, me, I just want to enter into the door. I will just be there. Then, you know, they are religious. They say, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my father than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. So some people may be saying that. I want to say something to you. In 1 Corinthians 6, 20, Jesus, uh, Paul says here, you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You do, you and I do not belong to ourselves. When you gave your life to Jesus, brothers and sisters, you became the possession of God. And you are to glorify God in your body and in your spirit. And then in John 15, thank you, 10 more minutes. Uh, in John 15, he says that the Father, I think it's verse 8. John 15, 8. Yea, in is my Father glorified 
that you do. So if we are to glorify God in our bodies and in our spirits, somebody tell me how is God glorified? Oh, say it loud, let it tell what you That's how we glorify God. When our Christian life, we are bearing fruit of the word, we are bearing fruit of prayer, we are bearing fruit of love, and we are bearing ministry of fruit. God knows nothing about unfruitful vine. So that's how we glorify the Father. One more example, and then I will wind down. Jesus comes to the church in Ephesus in Revelation. He says, I have this thing about you. You have lost your first love. Then he says to the church, repent or else I will come quickly and I will remove your lampstand from its place. And we heard several months ago when Bishop preached. He said, it's talking about your influence. Your ability to influence society, to influence people. The church of Ephesus is no more. And you have, there's no record in history beyond what Paul said that he did. So listen to me. If we refuse to bear fruit as believers, we will not have the kind of impact and influence. Don't let, I feel, it came to my thoughts, so let me say it. Don't let us fool ourselves. We are not more important than anybody else in the body of Christ. Harvest is just a part of the body. And if harvest does not wake up and does what God has called her to do, we will lose influence. But praise God, I don't know about you. But I know the pastors, as he told me, the elders and the faithful few, we will continue to make impact and influence. Now, I'm aware that I'm talking to three groups of people. In 1 John 2, 13 and 14. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. John said, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I, I write to you, little children, because you have known the fathers. So in the church, there are three groups of people. The first group, they are the children. They are the new believers. They are the immature believers. I want to say to you, continue growing. I'm talking to the children now. Now the children can be the little children. You know, sometimes even little children at that level can be more mature than some grown-ups. So I'm not talking to physically little children. I'm talking to those who are young believers. Continue growing. Continue growing in the world. If you are a new believer or a growing believer, let me say to you, if you see someone who just comes to church and goes home, that is not normal Christianity. Don't pay any attention to that person. The word that you receive, 
You are supposed to grow in that word. You are supposed to uh, uh, practice that word. That's how you will start to bear fruit. So grow in the word, little children. Grow in prayer. Learn to pray. Join the groups of prayer. Come to a Friday night prayer. Come on a prayer like whatever. Grow in your relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We, this church is a training camp. We have the road to discipleship. Text MAF. Some other will mentor you. Join the Christian education classes. Join cell group. Develop your own relationship with Christ. Share Christ with your loved ones. Find a place of service and get involved. Do not become a mere Sunday Christian. Christianity is not just going to church on Sunday. It is being transformed into the image of Christ, becoming more and more Christ-like in your attitudes and your actions. It is getting to know the triumph God through fellowship with him. Little children hear my voice this morning. Stay the course. Continue to grow. Second group, you are young men. You have been saved for a while and you are committed to growth. You know the word and you are trying to be a doer of it. You have overcome the stronghold of sin in your life. Young men, I say to you, continue in your growth. Use your gifts to minister to those around you. Know who you are in Christ. You, you do not stop growing, praying, serving. Press on into metamorphosis. You are bearing a measure of fruit. God is calling you to bear much fruit. You see, this is an army. If you didn't know it, let me be the one to tell you. This is a training camp. And if God brought you here, it's to train you. When soldiers are going to war, they first carry them to boot camp so they can learn how to use their weapon, how to do things. And so young men, the point are trying to make that in the army, you are the fighting force. You are the heavy lifter. The generals don't go to war. You are the one that God uses to go to war. You are the one that will be out there preaching, uh, getting people saved. You are the one that Pastor Swan is training how to, uh, how to heal the sick. You are the one that must learn how to cast out devils. You are the one that God will use to be leaders in your cell group, serving in ministry. I told you, listen, don't hear me, oh. Hear the Holy Ghost, harvest. It is harvest time. Join the rank as a young man. Lastly, <laughs> oh glory fathers you've been saved for a long time you can exit Jesus exit Jesus you can turn the gospel of grace upside down you die second you can even preach better than bishop you are the ones that God is calling to be the teachers, the disciple makers, and the trainers of other people. Some of you, this is not even your place, but God will come calling. 
Because I told you God is a good businessman. The things that God has invested in you for 30 years, you think it's for you to just come to church, laugh and shout and jump and go home? You're joking! The Bible says in Hebrews, the Apostle Paul said to the people, the time came, we are expecting upon you to be teachers. We found that you first need Somebody said, I'm a portion. So, fathers, it is harvest time. In the army, there's a time that the army is in training. There's a time that the army is in the camp waiting. But then there's a time that the commanding, the officer say, it's time for the troops to go into battle. I come to announce to harvest into a continental church in Old Maryland that the sound has gone forth from the commander of the army of heaven. It is time for the troops to stand up and go into battle for the salvation of the Lord. It's time. For 30 years, he trained us. For 30 years, he molded us. And the commander of the armed forces of heaven, Jesus, the eternal Christ. I don't know when he's coming back, but I know that salvation is nearer now. I know that the entire clock is clicking. And before he comes physically, he is coming to the church. He's coming to see who are bare fruit. He's coming to enlist us into his army. And he said, get ready. For the time is fast spent. Fast spent, fast spent harvest. And what you did for 30 years, God is saying no more. No more. No more. Why? Because there's much work to do. There's a world to be saved. We say, a world where no one lives or dies without Christ. That's not a slogan. Jesus really intends to save the world, but he will use you and myself. In Ephesians 4, 7, he says, Every one of you, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. What does that mean? We don't all have the same grace. Some of you, you are called to the fivefold ministry, but you have been resisting God for a long time. I yet to tell you, rise up and obey God. Some of you, God will call you into kingdom finances, or he has called you. God will call you into one of the seven mountains to make influence based on the abilities and gifting God has put inside of you, and I'm here to tell you, harvest, the time is now. Stand up to your feet. Can I have my song? I want you to begin to surrender to God. Sambut, as we listen to this song, begin to pray, begin to surrender to God. A serious business. Oh. 
Listen to the prophetic dimension of the words of this song. Harvest. Hey, Jesus. I see a new beginning. This is a young new beginning. The Spirit of God is moving now. Can you hear him? Can you feel him? Can you see him? Yes, I hear restoration. In the name of Jesus. Time is now. God bless you. 